2: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers while supplies last. Offer nz thirty one twenty.
3: Hey everyone, it's Perry here to let you know that this episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe. It's the first all-DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the highly-touted original series Titans or jump into the all-new Swamp Thing with new episodes dropping weekly. And also, check out the thousands of comics just added. Catch up on your favorite series, including Krypton Season 1, and watch animated movies like Reign of the Superman. Join at DCUniverse.com.
2: Napa Know How
3: Welcome back for a brand new episode of Movie Talk. Today, we got a brand new Frozen 2 trailer. We're going to break it down for you right now. And then on top of that, we are also discussing this Sesame Street news. I've never been so excited to talk about Sesame Street because apparently Bo Burnham is involved now. And uh, yeah, I'm a little too thrilled about that. And I'm also shockingly thrilled about the story details for that movie that we've had. So we are going to get into it today. And we are some very lucky folks today because not only do we have Koi here, as always on a Tuesday, but look who has made his movie talk return it is Mark freaking Riley. Hey, Hi. what a welcome.
4: Thank you very much. I'm Good so to be here. I'm so excited
3: you're at the table today. Well, thank
4: you. I love this and it it's perfect because we're talking Sesame Street. Yo. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm just bracing you right now. Okay. When we get into Sesame Street <laughs> with this guy... he's going to go places. Just, yeah, hold on tight. You want right? to for
2: sports like or this. for
0: food talk or like... Place, <laughs> this just show close places. Oh, Tuesdays we, are strange in movie talk. Were you talking Forky or something? Forky or? is the representation of, I think, the id and the ego of the human psyche. Before, and it really... <laughs>
3: before we spiral out of control yet again, it will happen at the end of the episode. But right now, we've got to kick things off with this Frozen 2 trailer because yeah. we already got that short teaser trailer and now this next trailer dropped and... I was anticipating a more story-heavy trailer. I know we've got a little ways to go until the November 22nd release of the movie, but I was a little surprised that this felt a little more uh, atmospheric and moody and intense. So, guys, what was your first impression of this Frozen 2 trailer today?
4: Yeah, uh, I was expecting more story, but um, everything is beautiful. The animation is Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Um, I love... The, the music arrangement. I love that they brought that, that first song that opened up the original Frozen, kind of incorporated it in there. But, um, you know, I, I did. I wanted a little bit more, but at the same point, I kind of get it. We're, you know, November's, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, pretty far away. So that there's plenty of time for all the, you know, third trailer, you know, 18 TV spots and, you know, some live musical that's going to go down Hollywood Boulevard. So I'm sure <laughs> we're going to get a lot of story stuff, but this, this, ultimately, I came around, I really, uh, I ended up liking it a lot, actually. The the atmosphere, as you again mentioned, and uh, just getting little bits and pieces that are all our characters are back together, and they're going on some adventure. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to take my niece to this.
0: I think this was a great counter-programming trailer. Mm. I think that everyone that was going to see Frozen is already going to see Frozen. Yes. I think this was a trailer for people that weren't sure they were going to see Frozen because I like Frozen, but I'm very neutral on it. This trailer has me more excited because it was so atmospheric. So I kind of like that they leaned out instead of leaning in. Everyone that's going to see Frozen opening night is already in for your movie. You don't need to make a trailer for them. You need to make a trailer for me, people like me that are more like, maybe I'll see it in two weeks. Maybe I'll see mm. it in three into the run. This trailer, with its stunning cinematography, yeah. its insane visuals, that water looked real. That water water looked like a cascading like wave and i really like that it didn't lean into the song and dance of frozen one because that's already there we know that's coming i didn't know that i'd be interested in the mythology of the world i didn't know i'd be invested in like the tone and the flavor this looks great uh, and i think it, it shows the the confidence they have in their billion dollar enterprise like yes. frozen has the the gumption to be like We'll do what we want. It's right. so
3: interesting to hear that perspective because I am a diehard Frozen fan. I really love that first film and I've been looking forward to this one ever since they announced it. And, you know, coming from the perspective of someone who's not not a fan, sure. but m- not as intense as I am, let's say. I like it's interesting because I can't quite put a finger on what would make this appeal to like a wider audience Mm -hmm. that isn't already a hardcore Frozen fan like I was wondering what your take was on just like the darker feeling and the intensity of it is there something about that in this trailer versus what we experienced in the first film that kind of pulled you in more
0: 100% because it's not uh, escalation in in sequels is always the hard part right like you have to do a similar feel of movie while building it so there's a purpose for it existing also not sacrificing the integrity of the film. So you need to change something. And I think changing it from light to dark is a way to do that and to make that your first trailer to be like, hey, this isn't just a retelling. It's not a rehashing. And I think the darkness Mm -hmm. sells that without having to be like pandering.
3: So the question now is how dark can they actually go with this because in my mind it does make sense for them to up the intensity a little especially when you consider the first movie came out in 2013 and yeah. whether they're looking to bring in new moviegoers or not the young children out there who fell in love with that movie they are now a little older and i wonder if what we're seeing here is also geared towards that core group of the fandom basically aging the material along with them
4: that that that's a good point perry i'm i mean I think you need to let it go. Let it go. (laughs) <laughs> you know, i can't just, believe
3: i can't believe that that caught just, me off guard i was like we
4: knew this was coming at some point <laughs> just you know maybe do you want to build a snowman
0: i, I don't want to know say this, trailer why, this trailer made me analysis
3: right there uh, this trailer
0: made me want to build a
4: snowman yeah. Yeah. And i yeah. had it prior
0: why yeah, because olaf. it's 95 degrees yeah. in la that does, right that does really <laughs> now
4: olaf ain't, ain't surviving here no, right now he's not now. doing so well um uh but to, to to everything you were mentioning um the darkness yeah i think it's a great point that they're aging it up and it, it reminds me when you're saying that about harry potter As Harry Potter started getting older and that fan base Mm -hmm. started with Sorcerer's Stone, started to get a little older by the time we got to Prisoner of Azkaban, it was a little bit dark. And I would love that. And maybe that's also pulling in some of the adults that are like, God, do I have to hear Let It Go again 18 18 times in this? But that this, um, I really responded to some of the more fantastical elements, like what happened underwater there where all of a sudden this – weird kind of horse and you know kind of appeared and is almost calling to her. I like that. I, if we're getting a little bit more, you know, deeper with Elsa and her powers, that's what's getting me more excited. If she's going on this journey and then what are her friends doing in this? So, um yeah, I I'm hoping they embrace it a little bit to age that up as as I was saying and and as you were saying because I think that could really help give it some layers, you know, get you know, going off of that Harry Potter mm-hmm. reference that I made that as it started getting darker and getting a little bit dark, uh, more involved with the characters, that's where I started to respond a lot more.
0: I think the mythology is, uh, as I was saying, the thing that interests me most, and I think that the trailer doesn't show anything we expected. And yeah. like, Isn't that a trailer? Like, I think the point of a trailer is to go like, I remember them, I like them, I want more, with a dash of intrigue, but no story, for this right. early of a trailer. Yeah. So, I always want my trailers to just be like, remember how much you loved this, and here's something new. And that's that's all this was for me, uh, through and through, and I'd forgotten how much I liked the first rows, and I, I was with more casual, but I feel like, I can't, I can't believe it was six years ago, because I just got those songs out of my head. So, <laughs> yeah. now, and this trailer makes me, that. and it's fully back, <laughs> but this trailer reminds me that I appreciated them, and that there's more story to tell that I'm invested in. I'm yeah. so
3: caught in the middle, but between really liking what I saw in this trailer because there was nothing not to like in this trailer but having all those boxes that I just wanted to tick as a fan. I just wanted concrete information to walk away with and I wanted to see a little bit of uh, Sterling K. Brown and Evan Rachel Wood's characters. Sterling oh, yeah. K. Brown is in this? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're like the newest ones added to the voice cast and yeah. I'm just I'm just so curious to learn more about who I they're I no playing. longer need
0: another trailer at all. You just make a poster <laughs> of Sterling K. Brown holding the word frozen. I am Sterling <laughs> K. Yes. Also, oh. this was the anti-Toy Story trailer for me Mm -hmm. toy story made me remember that i liked the characters but also made me feel like i didn't need more of them Mm. toy story was hey i like that toy box I don't want them to mess it up by opening it. I'm excited to see Toy Story. I'm going to. But I'm seeing it because it's a Toy Story movie, not because of the trailer. I might not right. have seen Frozen opening weekend, but this trailer sold me. So it's the opposite of Toy Story. So even <laughs> though
3: we're not live right now because there were some YouTube streaming issues, we do have some questions because apparently the live chat is still functioning. Ooh, and we have questions no. about the topics and comments as well. Like from Neil Varma who's saying that the Frozen trailer looks good and I wasn't a big Frozen fan even. Just like you there, Coy. Mm-hmm. And then also we have Chris robinson who's asking will frozen 2 get a billion dollars i think it will and be nominated for best song again i also think it's probably gonna get i mean maybe this is just you know going way too far ahead without actually seeing a film but i think it's probably gonna get a nomination for best animated feature also
4: yeah i think i mean i think the odds are good disney uh, and pixar Every time they put one of those one of their movies out, it usually gets nominated. Mm-hmm. And Frozen, if if we're going to get another catchy song in there, I think that can be nominated as well. And um, you know, TBD on that because what was interesting about this, I know I liked the score and bringing in that first song, but we didn't get any bite of like, what are they going to be singing about? Is it going to be as catchy mm-hmm. as the the first Frozen thing? So. But I think, you know, across the board, This the, the animation is looking just absolutely stunning. The
3: magic fire in that, in that forest scene, that was yeah. the one where I'm like, oh, freeze frame, blow that up and put it on my wall. That's what right. I mean. And I
0: didn't know, I don't think of Frozen as that franchise. I don't yeah. think of Frozen as like, I need to be struck by visuals. And instead of going like, we're a happy dancing thing again, it's going like... Take us seriously. This felt more like a How to Train Your Dragon flavor, which is my favorite animated franchise. Yes. You said
3: that next to the right guy. Yes. How to Train Your Dragon is (laughs)
0: incredible. That's the bar. The
4: the,
3: the trilogy
0: is just perfect. perfect. Top to bottom, beginning to end. It's everything. And it's mythology. It's lore. It's adults. It's for kids. It tells you morals. It gives you lessons. It gives you characters you love. This feels like that.
4: Yes, that is a great point, I think, because as we started going along in How to Train Your Dragon franchise, we did have a little bit more darkness to her, a little bit more adult themes, mm-hmm. you know, especially that second one and then leading into the third. Um, but this is not about How to Train Your Dragon, is it? It's about Frozen. So... I love that. that, that I love it has that flavor. Um, so I'm excited for that.
3: As for box office, just so you guys know, the first movie wound up finishing out its worldwide run with $1.276 billion. Lord. I would be shocked if Frozen 2 came out And it got rave reviews and then didn't cross the billion-dollar mark. This thing was, I mean, a special kind of popping at the box office where Disney also rushed to incorporate Anna and Elsa in their theme parks. This was a major, major winner. And I think if they achieve that same level of quality, the money is going to follow.
4: Yeah, and I was just with my niece on Sunday talking about frozen Two, and i said how much do you want to see this and she went i want to see it and then i went how many times do you want to see it? and she said eight
2: <laughs> okay and i it's went eight times all right amount. she's very specific <laughs> she's
4: seven years old so um she's got it she's like i'm gonna wear my elsa uh outfit she wants to go and i wonder how many times she's going to beg plead hound my sister into bringing her eight times, because if that happens, even half of that, <laughs> we're going to get to a billion dollars. You better dollars. pitch
3: in and be the best uncle ever.
4: Uh, well, I'm going to try to take her to the press screening. That's oh. what I'm going to do.
3: Oh, you you would be a big winner. There's no that top be, in that. Yeah,
4: that's uh, what I hope.
0: And that's what's crazy about this year, is Disney has Star Wars in December. It has this in November. It's already done okay this summer with some endgame. It's just, yeah. it's making some money, and that's what's crazy, is is it's spacing its own work out so it has other time to breathe. Because right. people will be seeing it eight times between its opening and Star Wars. Sure. And that's that's, that's, it's just it's the Empire is terrifyingly powerful. Right.: yeah,
3: Welcome to Disney world (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, you know know what i mean all right Uh before we move on to our next story (laughs) today we're gonna talk eventually about bo burnham joining the sesame street team but we've got some promos right now there's a really cool show coming to collider and you're gonna want to watch it check it out right now
1: hey jordan harbinger here subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds after presenting more than a thousand interviews i couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA.
2: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer NZ3120.
3: Carrie back here again to remind you that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans, or catch up on favorites like Krypton Season 1 and jump into new episodes of Swamp Thing dropping weekly and follow Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp born virus in a small town in Louisiana and soon discovers that the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. you can also get your comic book fix with thousands of new titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love like Batman and the original Superman movie. And then if animated films are more your speed, sign up now because Reign of the Superman and Justice League vs. the Fatal 5 are available. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before, why not? Now's the time. Join in and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show at a new time and format. We're coming at you Tuesday nights with a new shorter Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. In addition to that new episode of Collider Heroes, we have so much podcast content for you on the Collider Factory feed. You can get it on Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com, and if you go over there and you check out the feed, you're getting the witching hour, you're getting the action guys, TV talk, Collider games, and more on top of that, so do check it out. All right, story number two here. I'm like, I can't believe how thrilled I am about this. According to a report from Deadline, Bo Burnham is contributing songs for the Warner Brothers MGM Sesame Street movie the outlet also had some plot information in their piece their article said Big Bird and his Sesame Street friends are mysteriously expelled from their neighborhood, finding themselves in Manhattan. They team up with Sally Hawthorne, a plucky history show host who's on a quest to save her program and prove that Sesame Street actually exists. Obstacles are created by the evil mayor with reasons of his own for keeping Sesame Street hidden from the world. <laughs> Koi, do I dare toss this to you first? It's freaking me out. The
0: beautiful thing about Sesame Street <laughs> is that it is about what imagination can represent. Mm. And and this plot line is literally can you tell me how to get how you get, get to, to sesame, sesame street. street as a plot you're giving me that movie you giving- Me, Bo Burnham, who's gonna make it dark but approachable to kids. You're giving me Anne Hathaway who walks around as a Disney princess breaking into song in real life. You're assembling the Avengers of the Sesame Street world. (laughs) This plot is the the thing to get you back to being invested. My spirit animal is a Sesame Street character. I believe that Grover and I identify (laughs) way too much with each other. Like I totally (laughs) like he he likes superheroes, he's misunderstood, he's got wacky levels of energy. I've loved Sesame Street since I was a kid, and I really really think that what you can do with this is you can have the adults wonder about their own reality a lot like Sporky you can have a commentary on is my imaginary friend imaginary like in uh, what was that movie where the the thing like uh, in, inside me inside in, inside uh, out inside that out. sounds wrong uh, yeah inside <laughs> me not for children's <laughs> not Sesame Street that, not that, that that's movie that's a different comedy special by Bobo yeah. Bob. yeah. uh, Inside Out oh Big Bong yeah <laughs> I love that commentary on imaginary figures and this can do that what if Big has been a concept that we invented all along what if sesame street is a frame of mind not a location what if sesame street is a piece of us not a piece of new york what if we find out after they go to manhattan that what we visit is our own inner childhood what what if sesame streets represent your actual place right like what if sesame street is your childhood that you get to visit when you believe in it
4: yeah are you
3: okay it's
4: like Neverland. Coy, if I was on Twitter right now, I'd share a mind blown gift.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but imagine.
4: Yeah, you know, and I, it, I'm with you completely. <laughs> and that's, you put it beautifully. I can't really add much to it because when I read this synopsis, I went, that's great. That's great because I, I grew up with Sesame Street as well. I had Big Bird, Ernie, and Snuffleupagus yes. on my closets, painted especially. They were on there until I was in high school. I was made fun of it, but I said, you know what? I love Sesame Street, and I love this idea that we are going to question that existence, prove that it's real, remind the adults that, that, that Sesame Street can be a state of mind. It can be right around the corner, in your backyard, whatever you want, and Big Bird and his folks are going to be there to remind you. So I think it's going to be a nice message for adults that you can bring your kids, I can bring my niece, I can do all of that. And you have Anne Hathaway, who's a fantastic performer Mm -hmm. in her own right, singing and dancing and then they're in Manhattan. Come on. And what's more timeless than Sesame Street? Generations have grown up visiting Mm -hmm. this place
0: that reminds you of your inner childhood. Like, there's that line between childish and childlike. And the thing about Sesame Street is it never got childish. It was always about education. It was always about growing. So visiting a place that is childlike, that reminds you of childhood without being childish and devolving, it's about growing as an adult by being a kid. That's Sesame Street.
3: Reading that synopsis kind of put my brain down the path of something like won't you be my neighbor and i don't necessarily Uh, know if that's what they're going for but where you know i was so far removed from mr rogers teachings for how many decades of my life but when i watched that movie i was kind of brought right back to the charm of of kind of just the simplicity of just good human behavior, being a kind, loving person and the importance of relationships and spreading that kindness. And if they could figure out a way to incorporate like Sesame Street and that kind of wide appeal where like young kids out there could still appreciate a movie like this, but also bring all the adults. And I mean, you actually hit it right on the head there, Koi, is that Pretty much every generation has had Sesame Street yeah. in their lives. Could you imagine a version of this film that appealed to kids, but that also meant something? I mean something like deep, deep down where nostalgia, you could tap into your child, childhood, but also kind of like revisit like kid-like wonder as an adult. Yeah. That's something to me that says... This movie is going to basically plow through an entire year worth of movies and could be an Oscar contender, especially when you have Bo Burnham in the mix right now. Mm. After all the love that Eighth Grade got, Mm -hmm. the only thing that's throwing a little bit of a wrench into that plan that I'm coming up with right (laughs) now is the fact that this is a January 15, 2021 release that usually isn't when you release an Oscar movie, but... I don't know. The team behind this and this really, really rich storytelling opportunity has me thinking. This this could wind up being something way more special than anyone ever imagined.
4: Yeah, I, the, the, these stories always appeal to me. That reminding the adult or the adults to discover your inner child again and, yeah. and believe in magic, and, and it seems to be going that way with the the synopsis. Because I, I you know, if they're banished from sesame street and you know maybe it's some evil i mean and it, it's falling into kids stuff too that i love oh, sure that's playful that is sesame street like this bad guy is like let's get rid of sesame street we're gonna bulldoze it to the ground and these guys are gonna be out of it and that that's when the magic starts spreading that's what i'm getting for it when now uh, with bo burnham I was a fan of his YouTube work mm-hmm. when he was doing those funny songs. Like that, they were catchy. They were they had some commentary under it, some biting, you know, society looking at society through his songs. If you transfer that to Sesame Street, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I picture Grover. I picture Grover being a vessel for him to sing through. Or, I have or, a
3: burning question for you right yeah. now. What is your Sesame Street spirit animal?
4: Oh, Lord. I, 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 I think I've always been an Ernie.
3: And Ernie. Ernie oh, was I can see that. Yeah. I can see that a little bit. Ernie
4: was always, I don't know, somebody I really responded to. Grover was a huge one. I mean, he was Super Grover. Right. Oh, oh. That's every, well,
0: that's the thing is, like, I feel like another way that they can do this existential removal of Sesame Street as, as this linear path is that each of them kind of represent a different piece of everyone. So, yeah. like, you know, Oscar well Grouch set. is about overcoming your own, like, you know, uh, 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 anger at the world. Uh, you know, we've got Cookie Monster overcoming gluttony and, and letting yourself indulge. Mm-hmm. You've got Bert and Ernie, like, relationships and how to be a better friend you've got mm-hmm. Elmo representing what it's like to actually appreciate happiness when being tickled. You've got Grover who kind of represents like adolescence. Like there's a, there's a, there's a shape of everyone in every character and Big Bird is like this guiding light of of control and and intelligence but also he still lives boldly like I I can't wait guys. <laughs>
3: I, I can't this. believe Sesame Street just wound up being one of my most anticipated movies of 2021. Look at what's happening here today on Movie Talk. It's, it's great. crazy.
4: We need Sesame Street. You know, yeah, we, do. we really I think that's do. The thing we need to be reminded again. We need to, you know, you know, get that magic and everything that Koi said. It's just, not a place. It's I'm in co-opting here. your stuff. <laughs> I love it.
0: Also, I just realized inside of me is that song from "Forgetting Sarah Marshall." So I was like, "What is that thing?" And I was like, started oh, singing boy. like, "Is it
4: wrong yeah. to be how you long longed?" Oh. Down. Russell Brand. Russell Brand, putting in the work. Yeah, that, I'm never going to put that one. Another great songwriter. I <laughs> right. just want phenomena uh, in there as oh. well. So, but that's Muppets. That's Muppets. So, but but you also know, fantastic they can get Jim that. Henson creations. Yeah, exactly. We
3: got some more magic happening on the show right now in the live chat that's still functioning even wow. though we're not live. All right. Not bad, We've got YouTube. two people commenting on that Once Upon a Time poster. Uh... We have a C Har who says that this poster looks very old school. Been, should have been, it should have been the first one. Yeah, you remember that first poster for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
4: I do. With what the, happened? Yeah, where they're, like, leaning on, like, non-existent holes. <laughs> it was, uh, it I was don't know. almost just like-,
3: like someone said, wouldn't it be cool if we had a movie theater standee where someone could take a picture in between Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt? And they're like, yeah, let's just also make that the stupid poster here. It was so yeah. silly looking. And then you look at this one, and it's got some, like, real, like, flavor and style to it. Oh,
4: it's a fantastic poster. It's a great callback to the time the, the time frame that we're in. It's, like, old school Hollywood. It's artistic. It's something that if this movie lands with me, like I feel like it will, that's a poster that I would go. I'm framing that. That's the, that's what I'm putting on my wall because art. I love that. It's art. We don't have enough posters like that because sometimes they're lazy. <laughs> Spider-Man: Far From Home. So oh, uh, boy. you know. So, to me, it's art, and to me, the first photo was like it looked like a
0: stock photo thing you'd see on as like a meme, yeah. but with handsome people. Like it was like the stock photos of like seventies guy, happened to be Brad Pitt. Right. Whereas, whereas this is is it's the tone of the movie, it's the flavor, and it is truly it's art. But I don't mind if art sells me something as long as it's something I'm invested in.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, now because Riley brought it up, I have to ask one of the most positive people in the world who could see see the silver lining anywhere. Okay, yeah. so what do you what do you think of the Spider Man Far From Home poster? I will
0: find silver lining in that poster. Uh, it looks. <laughs> like... I'm going to... Just give me a second. Ow. Uh, Ow. Okay, got you. It looks like when you're traveling and you're trying to put together a piece of home so you're putting together all of these images that remind you of things you're fond of, but since you're doing it in a hurry because you're traveling, it's adhered to the item. So it's like and a little teeny
3: tiny child trying to make a collage. It, it's a
0: collage that reminds <laughs> you that you're home when you're far from home.
3: That's a reach. My positive spin on it was going to be <laughs> someone out there in the world is starting to learn Photoshop and good for them. I, just, I, I had to...
4: Okay, I'm going to have to check with the judges on this one. <laughs> and I'm sorry. We cannot accept that. This poster is awful. I'm sorry. There's no positive. I mean, yeah. Good for the person figuring out Photoshop for the day and getting that deadline on time. Uh, it, it's awful. It it it's awful. awful. And it's your IMAX poster. Some of those IMAX posters, when they come out, yeah. you want to frame them. This is like, come on. You're doing my Spidey wrong on this one. He's just like, and it's just like a random Spider-Man hanging here, the big one. And then it's like Mysterio like, Photoshop, Nick Fury oh. Photoshop. And I don't know. Let's just, here's Big Ben and here's the Eiffel Tower. and <laughs> How's that? No?
3: (laughs) We've got to wrap this episode up on a high note right now. Like a real high note. And because I don't get to talk horror with you nearly enough anymore, let's go with this question from Joseph Weeks who wants to know, what are some of your favorite found footage movies? Oh, I just messed this question up. The question is, what are some of your favorite found footage movies that are outside of the horror genre? So I've completely just like (laughs) obliterated my plan right there. I mean, uh,
4: found footage outside of the horror genre. It actually
3: is difficult. To think about that now that it comes to, I kind of appreciate the challenge, though.
4: Why can't I? Think I feel like of... there's
3: there's something there that was rather recent, like, and I, I, know I, I can't remember.
0: Chronicle's it. a cliche, but like, yeah, yeah. Is incredible.
4: I, I mean, Chronicle it was it was it was coming to my head, but I'm 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 really trying
3: to. I mean, Troll Hunter is a monster movie, so that and is it, that's it, like a it, big it falls a into big the horror genre. See what I did there? There it
4: is. Found footage. Movie. <laughs> Found footage movie. I mean, have we had any like? comedic ones? I'm trying to think.
3: What um, other found uh, footage? Uh, party X. Project X. Project X. Project X. Yeah. Is that a time party travel X? one? Uh, no, no. The that's the, the house party oh, one with Thomas Mann. Right, right, right. And Miles Teller makes a cameo. That's right. I quite yeah. like that movie, I did actually. Like that. I did
0: stunts on that. I was God, like, I I on that set for five weeks. I forgot weeks. about you that. Really? you yeah, really? Yeah, I was in that movie a lot. Nice. Like, okay. But like stunty, I'm not like, hey. I'm like, How
3: oh. often are you in the movie? Like, could we make a Koi Project X drinking game? If
0: you know who I am, like if you spot me, yeah. it's very often. You can okay. definitely, but it's hard to spot me because I'm doing stunts and stuff. But like motor, uh, motorcycle stuff and uh, like skateboarding stuff. And like I go off the roof on the skateboard. And, Riley, like, I, definitely... I
3: challenge you to this game.
4: <laughs> I'm down. Now, do I have... <laughs> Project X is also a fun Now
3: I have a mini golf challenge out there and a Koi Project X drinking game okay, challenge so out there. I, I feel have, like my good. life is full.
0: I have long hair to hear. Let's tell. Up that challenge! I'll show you a picture after. I looked very different. I had a man bun a lot of
4: that movie. Oh. Choices were made, a internet.
3: man bun. Okay, you can rock that. Choices were made.
4: Choices were made. Uh, Mistakes were made. Uh, it's going through a McConaughey face. Oh, McConaughey I can't face. wait to go
3: and screen grab that after this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for a brand new edition of Collider Movie Talk. Coy, as always, Tuesdays with you are wonderful. Riley. Come visit us again soon. Anytime. You work super hard, but I love having you in this room. Love being here. Thanks Where are we going to be starting me. Friday? We we're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas, going to Vegas on Friday Vegas, for amazing baby. Las Vegas Comic Con. We are hosting panels. We've got. We've got Power Rangers. We've got Sean Astin. Who do you have on your lineup?
0: George Perez, like icons of comics. Jerry Conn, like insane. I'm very excited. So
3: come visit us. If you see us walking around, do say hi. We want to meet you all. Adam in the booth, as always, thank you for your hard work. Mm. Everybody out there, we love you guys for watching Movie Talk. Be sure to tell everybody you know about the show. Like and share this episode and then tune in, hopefully, 3 p.m. PT Live tomorrow for a brand new episode.